Hey, this is Dexter Sites. My name's Caleb Wood. My name is Billy McLaughlin. And you're listening. You're listening to. You are listening to the Drum Report. To the GoPro Drum Report. To GoPro Drum Report on Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. Welcome to another edition of the GoPro Grom Report here on the Verb Pod Network. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. I want to let you guys know about some awesome events that we have coming down the pipe in the near future. First and foremost, we've got March 9th. We are te- teaming up with Jace from Gypsy Tales to have the Gypsy 500, the Verb Moto Gypsy 500 at Mesquite MX just outside of Vegas. That's March 9th. Pre-registration is already open. All you got to do is visit verbmoto.com forward slash gypsy 500 you're gonna want to be involved with that one because uh if you are that means you get to see uh not only jace from gypsy tales not only wes williams from verb moto but also myself uh torturing ourselves on one of the most uh the most fun off-road tracks that you're gonna find essentially on the west coast like we're gonna be going uh off into the desert area near near a river, the whole thing. It's gonna be so much fun. Uh, we're gonna have games, and that's it's gonna be awesome. And uh, we also have to remind you guys that this is the second time we are bringing back World Mini, April fourth through the seventh. Also at Mesquite MX, we're going there twice to, in two months in a row. It looks like I'll be doing some frequent flying uh, down to Mesquite MX. Like I said, just outside of Las Vegas. April 4th through 7th, and uh, this is going to be the big, iconic event for our whole year, and it's going to kick off in April, so we're, we're going to just gonna blow our load nice and early uh, for this particular season. Um, yeah, World Mini, it was so much fun. I have a kid on the line who just competed at World Mini last year. Uh, why don't we just invite him onto the podcast right now? Grayson Townsend, welcome to the Grom Report. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Hey, thanks for making some time for us, dude. Anytime that I can have a uh, a team green uh, racer or uh, a guy who also has a, a pair of uh, some some ditch pickles of his own. I'm, I'm a Kawasaki guy, although my daily driver's a KTM right now. You and you and I both know that I've got a, a garage full of quackers. Um, how are things down in uh, in your neck of the woods? You're you're in Utah, but you're like you're in that uh, kind of uh, you're in St. George, Utah, which is kind of like right in the middle of like. You you have to go through Arizona to get to uh, Nevada, where uh, where Mesquite's at. Yeah, uh, it's nice being back home, but uh, Mesquite's not too far from my house. It's only like forty five minutes, and I try to ride there as much as I can. It's a super fun track, and I I love riding there. Absolutely, dude. You spin a lot of laps. I was talking to your old man uh, when you were out on the track. Uh, I think that was Friday of uh, this is going back three weeks now, and uh, just asking just how many days you get out on the track. And he he said that you got to be out out like like time on a dirt bike every year, uh, close to two hundred days on a bike, which is. To, to a guy like myself, it's just absolutely astronomical. Um, the amount of seat time you're getting, not surprising you're able to uh, acquire the skills to pay the bills. Um, but before we get into what you got going on in 2023, 24, and beyond, uh, let's spin the clocks back a little bit. Where does the story start for you as far as just becoming uh, full-blown addicted to this thing we call motocross? Yeah, I started riding, I think, when I was like four and a half. I had a little Suzuki 50. And it, nice. I started riding in my backyard and out in the desert with my family. And then 
uh, I got more serious. Like when I was like six, I, I, I did some racing when I was like five, but I started hitting some more big races when I was six and I qualified for the Reddas. Um, and yeah. There you go. So, and you also have uh, an older brother. You failed to mention that Gunner is uh, a couple of years older than you, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, pretty damn good rider in his own right. Uh, he's kind of he, like due to some injuries and whatnot. He's uh, maybe a little bit more on the operational side over at uh, at Mesquite MX. Um, but I'm, I'm sure at some point the two of you guys spinning laps together on a regular basis, chasing your little bro- your older brother around. Yeah, it definitely helped a lot. I had some been to like do some motos and sprints with and uh we both made each other faster and uh now he still rides a little bit which uh, it's really fun when he comes comes back out of retirement and rides and yeah yeah it's crazy to think that a 16 year old might already be retired but i guess when you're you're riding that much uh retirement uh still means you might still ride more than i do on a on a calendar basis but uh let's talk a little bit about like i mentioned right off the hop uh World Mini, which it is coming back April 4th through 7th of uh, this coming year. Uh, but you were back for its inaugural, like bringing it back for the very first time uh, for after almost 10 years uh, not having that race. Uh, you were there. You were one of the star athletes. I think you won pretty, pretty much every moto that you were racing throughout that weekend. Um, tell me how cool it was to, to have to have that race back and to be a part of it and, uh, and, and have some success there. It was uh, your last year on Super Minis. Yeah, it was super cool to be back at World Mini, or it was my first time there, but I've heard a lot about it, and it was such a fun race this year. The track was so gnarly, and um, the trophies were so cool, how big they were, and yeah, it was just a super awesome race. I'm really looking forward to going back there on my 250 next year, and yeah. For sure. Now we will get into you switching to two fifties in just a moment here, but like we're, we're going to be heading off to Mesquite. I was down there for the Thanksgiving classic. Uh, I was coordinated through the, the tracks owners, uh, after I'd come down for world mini the last time that I, I come back and, uh, and, and take part in, in some Thanksgiving festivities as well as calling the racing action of which you did uh, quite well. The reason why we go to Mesquite is the the track prep and just the way the track develops throughout the day and throughout these events is the perfect proving ground for like just knowing how to ride your motorcycle in the roughest conditions in the deepest ruts and it's really something you don't really find a lot of that on the west coast anywhere anywhere close to mesquite I, i think like that's sort of a philosophy that not only mesquite has but that's the whole rmx series isn't it yeah i uh I grew up riding our, the RMX series and practicing at their tracks. And that's a lot of the, the reason that I became so good because there's not much places on the West Coast that you can find a, like a good gnarly track like you'll find at like Loretta's. So I'm super fortunate to have those people so close to me and they have an amazing crew and yeah. No doubt, man. Yeah, like oh, the first thing that kind of stuck out to me, uh, like I did obviously a track walk before the track got rough, and then I did a track walk at the end of the entire event. That's when all of the bumps uh, that are like kind of almost reoccurring ones throughout the the weekend of, of four straight days of motos, um, they sort of develop and the lines are, are really deep. And I was all, also at Loretta's this last year, and obviously that like I'm, I'm talking about before the rains came. Um, and the way the track developed was quite quite, sim- uh, quite similar, and that is where sort of 
uh, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to guys like Pierce Brown, guys like Garrett Marchbanks and um, Chance Hymas, and even uh, Kay Johnson before he moved down to Texas. These kids, they, they develop a lot of the skill set that they currently enjoy by racing the, the roughest tracks uh, and, and honestly just racing a track that demands a lot out of them. You're experiencing that same benefit. Yeah. Uh, RMX has had a lot of really good riders, like you said, that are now pros. And um, it's super cool to be able to ride those gnarly tracks and, and get ready for the Reddas and all the, the Nationals. Certainly. So uh, this last year at Loretta's, uh, I, I think even when we saw you at World Mini, you were starting to get a little bit big for the Super Mini as far as height-wise. In fact, uh, when I saw you at the, on the 250 uh, about the uh, better part of a month ago, uh, you already looked like you fitted completely, like at least stature-wise. I think you probably have to put on a few pounds before you really start to throw the thing around. But um, like... This last year on a Super Mini, uh, and it can be a very pivotal year for a young man or woman uh, in that re- for that respect. Um, like it's, I think it's fair to say that your Super Mini year didn't go a- as well as you you would have hoped it would. Yeah, I definitely had some struggles. It was a pretty disappointing year for me because uh, I got signed with Cowie to ride the 85 at Loretta's and all the nationals, but I just outgrew that so fast. I had to move up to the Super Mini. Uh, like in the middle part of the year and then we really just struggled with the suspension all year we couldn't get it stiff enough uh, or have enough hold up so I'd I'd end up on the ground like going over the bars a lot and um, that I ended up hurt a few times from that so uh, finally at Ponca we got the suspension stiff enough by putting on one supercross fork and a moto fork so I finally felt comfortable there and I I got back on the box at that race, which it was it was pretty disappointing not to win because I've had really good success there these past uh, two years, and yeah, it was definitely a disappointing year. Certainly, yeah, no, like, and that, that's big of you to be able to sort of admit that and just sort of comb through it. Uh, it, it takes a, a mature athlete to be able to look at that and say, "Hey, uh, I didn't have a greatest year. Um, these are the reasons, and and then these are the things that we're going to fix going forward uh, to be able to, to ratify those things." Um, you throughout this last year, including when you, you were able to, uh, take part in the, the super mini round of, uh, the, the Chicago super cross, super motocross rounds. Um, you, you get an opportunity to take in some pretty gnarly of, uh, events. And that often also includes, uh, having to learn a track, uh, rather quickly. How do, how do you get good at something like that? Is that a, is that a learnable skill or is it something you just have to have some confidence and go for it? Uh, you can learn it a little bit, but. Having confidence and just going for it helps a lot. I struggled with that uh, earlier in my career when I was a little, a little younger. But as I've got more experienced and I have more confidence, uh, I've gotten a lot better at it. Certainly. So uh, we talked about you, you you being on the Super Mini, getting a little bit big, and you, you outgrew the 80s quite quickly. And honestly, you must be eating your Wheaties, man, because you kind of outgrew the Super Minis as well. 14 years old, you now find yourself on a 250F. Obviously, uh, Kawasaki no longer builds uh, a KX125. Although, um, if someone was to twist my uh, my rubber arm, perhaps uh, instead of flying down to Mesquite for World Mini, uh, I bring a KX125 and you just rip that thing. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about a little bit of moving over to the the big bike. Like, did you sort of like play both sides of the coin for a little bit, like spending time on both bikes? Or as soon as you moved to the big bike, you're just full-time big bike? Uh, 
I was ready to go to the the big bike. I was really excited for it because I've always wanted to move up a little bit earlier just to, uh, that's just the way I've been. And I've kind of had some role models like that, like Chance Timus. He always moved up early and I, and um, so I, I was re- I was ready to ride the 250 and I like it a lot now and I'm having so much fun on it that KF250 is such a good bike. And uh, we've we've made some suspension changes because we've been uh, or we're running factory connection this year and we've had we've tested multiple different uh, suspension setups and you can really feel the difference on this bike and I, I really like the way it re- it reacts to all the changes that we've been making. So uh, among those changes, you've been able to switch uh, from the bars that you were running on your Super Minis to the Fast Company Flex Bar, which is uh, a, a change that I think you were wanting to make for quite some time. Uh, it's it's the, the handlebar that you're most comfortable with. And I think you'd agree that when, when a rider is truly, truly comfortable and able to, to put trust in what's in their hands and, and the suspension underneath them, that's when they can truly make some, something special happen. And that's when they can also work on the technique that allows them to get faster uh what is it about the fast company uh flex handlebars that just gives you that next level uh level of comfort yeah so i really love the bars because i've been riding with them basically since i started riding but the it, it makes it so i can ride longer and feel fresher the next day keeps my arms fresh and um my dad my dad owns the company and I'm super fortunate that he has such good work uh, employees that he can take the time off to take me racing. But, um, yeah. Well, there you go, man. Like, like, uh, are there, there are different bar bends that you've tried to kind of get yourself comfortable on, on the 250 or, uh, what was the process about, uh, getting to where you're at right now? And, and what bar bend do you, do you, do you know what bar bend do you use? Yeah, I'm running the 12 enduro low 12 degree enduro low so um i really like that bar bend right when i got on it it was actually the first bar i tried and um i really i really liked it i felt comfortable right away and it felt like i was i was back at home there you go, man. So yeah, like any, anything you can do to feel a little bit more comfortable getting onto uh, a full size bike for the, for the first time. Um, like at some point, like even though you like you, you've got a, a ton of skill on a dirt bike, jumping up to the new bike, there is a learning curve. Um, like you're probably still to this day, not a hundred percent of where you feel 100% comfortable with the bike. I think you probably still have to put on so, some muscle and, uh, just some, just some body weight to be able to do exactly that. But how far away from, are you from uh, feeling like you're, you're able to, to really just go for it right now? Um, yeah, I feel like I have to put on a little bit more muscle cause I gotta, yeah, I'm racing like men, men now. So I gotta put on some hand strength, but, um, I'm feeling pretty comfortable on it right now. I, I've, uh, I've been riding it pretty hard and um I I I really like it. That's sick, man. And speaking of racing against men, uh you uh like you've only been on a, on a a 250 for about six weeks or so, maybe seven weeks. And you've already won your first 250 B title, uh, thanks to, uh, a late moto win, uh, and a pass over a good friend of yours, Dakota Bender. 
uh, a 21 year old who, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, like he's, he's a full grown man and you're able to, uh, yeah, serve it up to him. I think that was like that victory may have been the, the nail in the coffin that, uh, told Dakota, Hey, I got to go move up to the A class because the kids are coming. And yeah, you went out, uh, for the, the Thanksgiving classic, got yourself a number one plate in the 250B class. That's got to feel good. Yeah, it did feel really good. That was my first race on the big bike, and it was super, super fun riding with Dakota. I've uh, I've known him since I was like nine or so, something like that, and uh, it was super cool racing that race and riding with him. Yeah, absolute. So, um, like r- racing with uh, a guy like Dakota, someone you've you've ridden with quite a bit. Uh, now you've got all the horsepower to hang with him full time. Uh, was there any point during that race or that weekend that you sort of surprised yourself of just h- how much, uh, just like the, the level of competency you had is how comfortable you were on the bike. Um, cause one thing I noticed, I was in the, the announcing tower watching every moto. Uh, there was a notable difference just in your level of aggression and just, you could just sell, tell in someone's body language and then they start to feel comfortable. Um, for you compared to like the the first time I saw you ride the bike, which was Friday, same day that I went out uh, and spun some laps on, uh, on a, on a, a four fifty hadn't been on a four stroke in like 10 years. Um, but uh, like, was there something that sort of clicked for you over the weekend? Cause I noticed that uh, you, you seem to feel or look a lot more comfortable as the week progressed. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I start, I felt a lot better though. Like as the week progressed, I think most of it was just, getting more time on that bike and riding that really gnarly RMX track. So when it comes to, when it comes to racing a guy like Dakota, uh, where, where, where does, uh, can, can we let the cat out of the bag? What, what, uh, what, what are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? He's really good. And um, in the later motos, cause he's a lot stronger than me. So he can just manhandle the bike a little bit more. And, uh, he's just a really good rider and he's, he's got a lot of experience and he's really fast. There you go. So, uh, when you're at the track, uh, your dad's always in tow, uh, your mom also, uh, super, super supportive. Um, like how would you describe the, the relationship that you have between you and your dad? Uh, obviously it's, it's gotta be a, a, a special one. Uh, he's been at the line with you quite often. Uh, he works on a lot of those bikes. Um, gonna go through that for us if you can. Yeah. Um, my dad and I have a really, a really, really good relationship. Uh, we spend a lot of time in the garage together and at the track. And uh, um, I'm super fortunate to have such a good dad like him and my, and my just whole family. I, my dad, he'll be at work when we're um, riding. My my mom and my, my, my brother take me to the track. And I'm super fortunate to have just such a great family with me. Yeah, absolutely. No, your 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 mom is a treat to have around the track. You've also got uh uh the dog the do- your dog is is it Carl? Daryl. Daryl, sorry, my mistake. I'm I have I apologize to Daryl. Um he is uh is he a poodle? Uh he's a doodle. He's a doodle. Okay, fair. I I apologize. Um, yeah, having a track track doggo is is basically compulsory to uh, to having success there out there on the track. Um, and I see him every time that I go to an RMX event, uh, whether it's uh, like the RMX series, World Mini, Thanksgiving, or or even they have uh, a brand new series that just started this last year, which is the Grassroots Off Off Road Series. 
any chances that we see you uh, dust off the boots and do some off-road racing? Oh, yeah. I did a few this year, and they were so much fun. They are the best off-road course I've ever ridden, and I'm, I'm really, really excited to do some more this year. Yeah, dude, honestly, I had so much fun. I got asked to uh, to actually <coughs> – I'll cut that out. I got a chance to do some uh, sweeping during one of the races, which is essentially just like doing my regular pace in behind everybody else to make sure that nobody uh, went down or uh, is any type of peril. I actually did come across someone with a broken collarbone, but uh, – Really, really cool. And what I loved most about Mesquite, and for those watching who are on the West Coast, they want to try maybe dabble in a little bit of off-road. The coolest thing about the Mesquite off-road loop is that it's just old school moto. Like if you could, if all, have all these like old school motocross guys that have all the stories of, uh, like riding out in the hills and creating tracks in the hills, like Bob Hanna and, uh, Brock Glover, all those guys where they just like, we had these like endless, uh, tracks out in the hills. Well, that is exactly what the off-road loop at Mesquite is. They, they go out, they water it, they make sure that it's prepped and beautiful, but by the end of the day, it gets rough and rowdy and there's, there's lines and it's long, there's long sections and deep ruts and, and, uh, and, like, like this deep sand corners that are so much fun to ride. Uh, dude, you, you've got, uh, some, some really good assets there to be able to cultivate some skills because like Mesquite Raceway itself, extremely challenging. It's got elevation change. It's got, um, like large to medium sized jumps. Everything's super safe. They got deep ruts. And then you head off into the off-road loop and you've got just an absolute off-road playground all those turns you can just lay that 250f into those corners and uh and let it rip uh that's what dirt bikes are all about oh yeah and the track was so fun this year and it, it gets so gnarly like just even like the desert that i practice on it gets just gnarlier than that in, in one day of riding those tracks have been out there for years yeah i certainly have so who do you uh, who do you look up to uh, in your own uh, like your current position as a as a young racer just getting into the 250 class like who do you sort of uh, like sort of uh, watch from afar and try and pick up some pick up of some of the things that they do um, and and incorporate that into your own game uh, and do you uh, do you watch a lot of like professional motocross and supercross or what's the deal? Yeah, I watch I watch all the races and uh, a lot of YouTube stuff and. Uh, Chance Hymas, since he raced RMX series, I'm, and I'm really good friends with him. He actually helped me a little bit over the summer. Uh, okay. I look up to him a lot and I'm, I want to be like him because I don't know, he set a pretty good path coming out of the RMX and he's a really good role model. Ah, certainly. And then you also got, uh, the Bruff brothers as well. Those kids, uh, make it look easy as well. Um, oh. So how how do you develop a, a a calendar or a schedule for the year? I know there's a lot of conversation that happens where uh, a lot of uh, there's a, like there's a kind of a narrative in the media where kids these days or uh, amateur racers they don't race a lot. Where which honestly I'm I'm finding out is is 
very false. Aside from there's certain kids that they, they basically spent all of their time at a training facility. A guy like you gets quite a few gate drops for, throughout the year. Um, and I think that's certainly to your benefit. Uh, but there's also a, a list of bigger races that you sort of earmark like world mini, um, that, uh, that are basically compulsory. Like I have to go to these races. This is where I prove myself. Uh, how do you boil those, those races down? And then how do you also schedule it out? Cause at some point you gotta do some schoolwork. Yeah. Um, they're the main nationals we got to hit, um, but I, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna try to hit some uh, combines this year, the amateur combines, because I watched those on TV last year, and I did. They had like the amateur races that I I did a few of them on my 85. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing those, and then also I didn't do as much like local races as I would have liked to last year. So this year we're gonna get back with RMX and do some more some more local races and uh, because those helped me out a lot and just getting the gate drop gate drops and the race pace and everything uh it, it benefits me a lot dude i love to hear it and uh on top of that just getting a ton of seat time in uh which uh which i include i believe includes practice this weekend if i'm not mistaken uh mesquite's got to practice this weekend don't they not yeah they do uh yeah, I got. I was getting the bikes ready in the garage right before I talked to you, and uh, yeah. Oh, dude. Well, don't uh, quit talking to me. We'll hang up this uh, this thing right away here, so you can get back to uh, prepping the bikes because uh, yeah, it, it's a whole lot more important that you go out and, and make sure that the bikes are uh, dialed in for the weekend. But I really appreciate you making some time to uh, to talk talk to Vermoto today. Yeah, this was super fun. Thank you for having me on the show. Anytime, dude. Before I let you go, though, I know you got a really impressive list of sponsors. Give those guys a shout-out for me, and, uh, yeah, uh, give some love to the sponsors that uh, make it all happen. Yeah, thank you. I'd like to thank Fast Company, Factory Connection, uh, Kawasaki, Ryan Holiday, Monster Energy, Monster Mike, Pocatello Power Sports, Chris Hymas. Uh Chris actually helped me build my Loretta Superman this year. That thing was so good. Dude, and, sounded uh, good. Oh yeah, I I'm, I really like that 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 bike. Um, and my grand my parents, my grandparents, my brother, he's really really big help on the training on the bike and off the bike, and he's got a really good eye. And um, shout out to Gunner. Oh yeah, uh, Alpine Stars, Torque Fit, Ryan Rao, uh, Fly Racing, Slow Vision Pro Circuit, Guts, Rocky Mountain. Maxima Oils, G2 Ergonomics, and SCP. Dude, impressive list of sponsors that seems to be growing every single time that I talk to you. Thank you so much for making time for the uh, the Verb Moto GoPro Grom report uh, here on, uh, on Verb Moto. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, dude. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And, uh, all right, guys, thanks you guys so much for checking out this podcast. Be, be sure to check out verbmoto.com. You can register for both the Gypsy 500 as well as at Mesquite MX, as well as the Verb Moto World Mini. World Mini is back again. And honestly, there is so much buzz around that race. I wouldn't be surprised if registration gets absolutely sold out at some point. So you're going to, if you're listening to this right now and you have any like ideas of racing that race, get your pre-registration in uh, and secure your spot for World Mini 2024. That's happening 
April 4th through 7th. I will be there. Looking forward to see all of you there. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Check you at the next one.